There have been some very disturbing things that I have seen, I'm sure you have seen as well. And we we have seen individuals at Trump rallies and whether you've you know seen it on Facebook, online, on the news or heard it on programs like mine. We've heard individuals yell, go back to Auschwitz that are supporters. We have heard the N-word. A woman with a hijab, which is a head covering, a Muslim woman, somebody yelled, she's got a bomb. We have heard people verbally speak of violence, and we have seen a man, a white man, punch an African-American in the face at a Trump rally. Where Marco Rubio could not, and Ted Cruz could not, in Chicago among university students, where approximately more than one-third of those at a rally were protesters against Donald Trump, more than a third of the people approximately were protesting against Donald Trump, exercising their First Amendment rights. And I got to be honest, if you are violent left or right, it is wrong. And we Democrats, whether you support Bernie or support Hillary, we are better than that. Do not stoop to the level of these vitriolic, violent speaking and sometimes violent acting Trump supporters. We are better than that. And quite frankly, America, if you are supporting Donald Trump, whether you're a Republican or just unhappy with the establishment, please look at what these people are doing, listen to what they're saying, and listen to what this man is saying. I was asked on television this morning, do you think that these protesters are helping or hurting Donald Trump? And I would think that not necessarily what they're doing, but what he is saying that is inciting it, and then what he is saying in response to it or doing. He's looking into paying for the legal bills of the man who is white, a supporter of his, who punched another human being who happens to be African-American in the face because that person dared to disagree with him. When I was a little girl, I went to public school outside of the city of Boston where I grew up in a suburb of Boston. In the morning, we had to put our hands over our heart and pledge our allegiance to the flag. I want to remind you of what that says. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice, for who? For all. I then had to sing a song. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing the whole thing. I can't say it. You know, when you have that thing, you got to sing it. You know, just like sometimes if you're trying to remember where a letter is in the alphabetic, you have to go A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? Or in your head, you do that. And this was the song. My country, tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land where the pilgrims pride, from every mountain side. Let freedom Ring. I mentioned before that I grew up in Massachusetts and I have visited Plymouth Rock more times than anybody should. But one thing I learned about pilgrims is that those individuals came to this country welcomed by those who were here, the Native Americans, the true Americans, because they were fleeing persecution as we have seen people and continue to see people, especially from Syria now. And they were coming here for freedom 
for religious freedom. And that religious freedom, by the way, is not just freedom for you to worship the way you choose, but not to have others and their ways of worship imposed upon you. So that, that's across the board. Whether you're an atheist, whether you're a Muslim, a Christian, a Jew, a Hindu, a Hindu, or some that aren't as you know huge in numbers, Baha'i, for example, Parsi. When our constitution was written, and that preamble, we the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice and ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, the list goes on. We know it, many of us from Schoolhouse Rock. That First Amendment, in my opinion, sets the United States apart from the rest of the world. Sure, there are other countries you can stand on a box and you can speak against your government. Sure, there are other countries that have some degree of multiculturalism, various races, ethnicities, cultures, and religions. But no one country on earth has the level of freedom that we do. No one country on earth except for ours has the level of religious freedom and freedom to speak and freedom of the press wrapped up in that First Amendment. Now, I really don't care if you're pro-life, if you're pro-choice, if you own a gun, you hate guns, you think everybody else is trying to come and take your guns and get rid of your Second Amendment. Let's say we all agree as Americans that even though you may want to wear a hat that the Donald has made in China that says, make America great again, that alone makes America a pretty damn great country. I couldn't do what I do in most countries in the world. The way I do it, and be paid for doing it. This nation of my birth, which I did not choose to be born in and was lucky enough to be born in because my parents happened to be here and be American. How lucky are we, right? Those who, you know, come out your mama's shoot and you, you're, you're there in the hospital and you woke up in America, in the United States of America, in this nation. Not everybody has that luxury. And that's why that lady stands there in the harbor with that light, shining the way for others to find what so many of us were so fortunate to have, not by choice, but by geographical luck. Years ago, there was a man who told me, the next world war will be, will be rooted in race and problems in race relations. I thought that man was an idiot, crazy, a buffoon. But when I watch what is happening to our nation in this political process, I know Donald Trump and others will say, you know, you know, voters are angry. We even see on the left with, you know, feel the burn. I've seen people say, burn Hillary. Shame on you. I fear that man might be right. Listen to Donald Trump. Here's a piece of how he feels toward protesters. Remember, this man is running to lead the president of the United States of America as president, where we have a First Amendment, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, etc. Here's Donald Trump and his rhetoric toward the protesters. I was nice. Oh, take your time. The second group, I was pretty nice. The third group, I'll be a little more violent. And the fourth group, I'll say, get the hell out of here. 
rough up. He should have been, maybe he should have been roughed up because it was absolutely disgusting what he was doing. If you see somebody getting ready to throw a tomato, knock the crap out of them, would you? Seriously. Okay? Just knock the hell. I promise you, I will pay for the legal fees, I promise. Do you know what they used to do to guys like that when they were in a place like this? They'd be carried out on a stretcher, folks. Guards are very gentle with him. He's walking out like big high fives, smiling, laughing. I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. In the good old days, they'd rip him out of that seat so fast. Yeah, get him out. Try not to hurt him. If you do, I'll defend you in court. Don't worry about it. Do you believe that you've done anything to create a tone where this kind of violence would be encouraged? I hope not. I truly hope not. We have to be politically correct. Oh, please don't hurt them. They're allowed to get up and interrupt us horribly, and we have to be very, very gentle and very gentle. They can swing, they can hit people, but if we hit them back, it's a terrible, terrible thing, right? You regret saying any of those things, especially the things that you have said about punching protesters, sending them out on stretchers. No, I don't regret it at all. Some of these protesters were violent. Yeah, I'm not I'm not happy about that. And I would always express my feelings about that. This is a man who claims to be a Christian. And the Bible says clearly, if someone hits you, what are you supposed to do? Do you all know? It's not easy. I can't do it necessarily. Turn the other cheek, not punch him back. You have a right to protest. They have a right to peacefully and gently escort you out. You don't have a right to be violent or storm the stage because there could be the perception of violence left or right. But Donald Trump does not have the right to say you should be arrested for exercising your First Amendment right. I'm Leslie Marshall, and I want to hear from you. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543-1. What is your reaction to the violence at these Trump rallies? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Trump, you heard him standing by his antagonistic campaign rhetoric. He says he takes no responsibility for violence at these rallies. Doesn't he hold some responsibility with the violent rhetoric that he has been directing at the protesters? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. At these protests at Trump rallies, is the First Amendment in action or is it going too far? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Trump is blaming Bernie supporters. Why are they to blame? I, I, you know, unless it said feel the burn, why do you assume, A, that they're liberals and B, that they're Bernie supporters? Maybe they're anti-Trump people who have no allegiance to no party and no politician. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Is Trump just saying this because he can't believe people don't like him? In other words, can the bully not stomach being bullied or booed? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Trump has threatened to press charges on individuals who protest his rallies. He has also said he's considering paying the legal fees for one of his supporters who was arrested after sucker punching a protester. Have you ever heard Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton ever say anything close to this? 888-6-LESLIE. Or do they show some level of respect to their protesters? 888-653-7543. I think it was Senator John Kerry who once, when somebody was protesting, said, no, wait, let him finish. 
888-6LESLIE. Are these protests a sign of how America would be during a Trump presidency? Is this a sign of just a tip of the iceberg of things to come if Donald Trump were president? I fear so. 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Here's what Trump tweeted yesterday. Bernie Sanders is lying when he says his disruptors aren't going to aren't told to go to my events. Be careful, Bernie, or my supporters will go to yours. In response, Millennials for Bernie tweeted, send them. They deserve to see what an honest politician sounds like. Don't they have a point? I mean, do you think protesters at a Bernie or Hillary event would be treated anything like protesters at Trump rallies are being treated? And God, I would hope Democrats would never, ever, ever say go back to Auschwitz or Africa or be violent as we have seen and heard Trump supporters be and do. I'm Leslie Marshall. Pick up the phone and join me. Your calls right after this. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Want to hear from you now. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. calls this is your show i'm leslie marshall thank you for joining me we are talking about donald trump and what is happening at these rallies with protesters and what he's saying should be done with those who protest at his uh, let's start with mercy in new mexico line two listening on kabq 1350 a.m mercy good afternoon hi leslie how are you today good how are you doing i'm doing great i totally agree with you if trump was to get in not only would it be as bad it is it is now at his rallies, but I think it would actually be worse. It is scary to think of, to think that anybody like that would be leading this country, let alone running for the presidency of the United States. It's embarrassing. Okay, uh, thank you. Uh, anything, uh, anything else? Do you feel that the uh, do you feel the protesters are exercising their First Amendment right? Do you feel people either side are going too far? I think the the guy that tried to run up onto the stage when they do that, I think they're they're going a bit too far because they could they could be seen as as going being a threat to them. Um, I think that they are exercising their right, and I think the fact that Trump has called so many of us because I happen to be a Hispanic American has called so many of us and a woman has, has just been he he's just horrible. And and he he is he is he is talking to the worst instincts of of, uh, of people. He's talking to their hatred. He's talking to their bigotry. He's condoning the bigotry. Not only he, he's ginning he's ginning up all this horrible stuff. I never thought that I would ever. I never would have thought that I would see anything like this in this country. Okay, thank you. 
Thank you uh, very much for your call. Uh, we're going to uh, – should we take a break, guys? Yeah, we're going to – let's take a break. We have less than a minute. We're going to take a break when we come back more of your calls. Remember when we finished with a call, that's your cue to, cue to call through. We just finished with Mercy in New Mexico, so that leaves a line available for you. Line two, as a matter of fact, is available to the next caller, 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. We're going to take that break. When we come back, we'll get to more of your calls. If you're holding, thank you for your patience coming right to you. And if you'd like to join us once again, that number, 888 888- Leslie, 888-653-7543. You can also follow on Twitter, at Leslie Marshall. Uh, Frank uh, tweets, an explanation of my choice going too far. Just because you use your First Amendment right, you should also use good judgment. Jonathan says, take out Trump at all costs. Well, let's not go that far. And Paul says, I don't think Bernie's response to Trump showed good leadership. He got into the playground with that one. We'll be back. Let's go to the calls. We go to Washington, where Paul is on line three, listening on Progressive Voices. Paul, good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. Hey. Well, you know, the first thing that occurs to me is uh, Donald Trump, we are paying his secret service protection, all of us taxpayers, and what we are paying for is the protection of his First Amendment rights. He's He's not a government official, so we're not paying for the protection of his office. That's the only thing we're paying for is the protection of his First Amendment rights to run for can to say what he pleases as a candidate for the presidency of the United States. Now he has incited violence, and I think borderlining in a criminal way. Incitement means you have to say a, do something particular to a particular person, and he's done that. He has said at least in one. Uh, well, he told the one guy in Vermont, "Take his coat." Uh, or was it uh, New Hampshire, take his coat. That was a specific person, and they told him what to do. You can't just take somebody's jacket away from them. That's an assault. That's threat. Uh, that, that, that's theft and assault, correct? Yeah, that's an assault. You can't just say, and, and he But what about, somebody, what, about, what about somebody who said, this is what I just saw on Twitter, Paul, um, tor- uh, uh, violence toward a protester? How about violence toward a possible president of the United States? This was a crime. Is it a crime either way? I think, you know, attempted assault or, or, or charging the stage, um, you know, definitely could be a crime. But for crying out loud, I mean, there's just no contest with the number of crimes, if you will, being uh, committed, if, that, if that's the case. Oh, oh is the protester who, who charged the stage, is he guilty of a crime? Yes. Possibly. I agree. No, I agree. But what I'm saying is I, I don't understand. I, I mean, I do understand the double standard. Donald's the king of double standards. But his supporters think that the guy who rushed the stage should be arrested, but they don't think that other individuals should be arrested like the guy who punched the guy in the face. Right. Well, that guy, he, he did get arrested. and He is being charged. I know, and but, they, but that, a lot of supporters didn't feel that he should have. Well, he, he definitely should have. He punched the guy, and he also issued a serious threat and said, the next time we see you, we'll kill you. Oh, at, no, abs- at, yes, at, absolutely, that, that, you know, he should, yeah, but because they, they were being, quote, un-American, and I'm thinking, having a dissenting opinion, I couldn't think of something more American. 
Absolutely, that's absolutely correct. But um, the the topic here is Donald Trump, not not uh, some no man who's, who charges the stage. That, we have people committing those kinds of uh, assaults all the time in society. It happens every day. The the point is that Donald Trump is inciting this, and he is being protected. That's this is my, at least that's my point. He's being he is being protected. There have been Secret Service agents who have who have stood in the way, and uh, at least in one case that I think I'm familiar with, that actually roughed somebody up. Now, I've heard other cases where Secret Service agents have said, you know, uh, go ahead, uh, they were very nice to people. I, I've heard some personal accounts on various shows, but in one case, a Secret Service agent did, did rough somebody up. Now, we, are we paying the Secret Service? For what, for what reason? He's, he, there are, I, don't even, I don't know if Bernie Sanders even has Secret Service protection yet. I know Hillary Clinton does. She... Uh, but As she should, a former first lady, former senator, former secretary of state. Sure, she she has she had before she ran for president. Correct. But I Correct. don't think Bernie Sanders has, but uh, Bernie Sanders holds a holds a, a federal office. Donald Trump holds no office, so we are paying his Secret Service protection for one reason only, and that is to protect his right to free speech. He doesn't hold an office, so there's no other. Uh, can you? Can Leslie Marshall get Secret Service protection? No, not at all. I don't think so. So what what makes Donnie so so special? Um, Well, you know, and he doesn't need uh, Secret Service protection. He has, uh, he likes to remind us constantly, Paul, thank you for your call. He likes to remind us constantly he has enough money, um, you know, to buy everything in the world, including the presidency. You know, I think he thinks he could buy, but he certainly can afford protection. Let's go to Stephen in Milwaukee on line five, listening on TuneIn. Stephen, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Leslie, thanks for taking my call. Um... I'd just like to chime in with a little bit of a different perspective here. Don't be wrong. I really think Donald Trump is at the heart, holds the most responsibility on fostering this kind of a, uh, environment that we're seeing now in the political landscape. And uh, that being said, I am kind of uh, disturbed a bit uh, by how some of the protesters, the direction they're going in, and a lot of them seem to identify themselves as Bernie supporters. Now, I watched live footage from that Chicago rally the other night, and I saw people disrupt. What I saw is a group of protesters trying to silence uh, Donald Trump and his supporters' First Amendment rights. I saw them trading a lot of punches with people. And I saw them going there trying to basically gin up and antagonize this this whole kind of thing, and then. Well, well, let me let me let me let me ask you something because that yeah. that did happen eventually, but the majority, and you know, there were numerous people there. Like I said, you know, more than a third of the people standing there at that rally were anti-Trump, and the overwhelming majority were peaceful and were using their mouths as their only weapon, and that's allowed by law by the First yeah, Amendment and the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why why do we assume that these are Bernie protesters? Because it's college and they're millennials. Uh, because I literally watched them all chant Bernie <laughs> over, over the ones that you saw. I, did, I, I, I understand. I saw one piece of footage with that, but I saw other footage where I really couldn't tell. I think I saw right. one person that had a feel the burn button. But other than that, I couldn't tell. And I, I would imagine there were just some people there that I, I know one guy that was interviewed and he said he's not voting. Um, but he just doesn't want tr- he just doesn't want Trump, 
you know, coming to his town kind of thing with that kind of rhetoric. And he was an African-American. He's not voting. He doesn't believe he doesn't like any of them. Um, but he's he said that he's not going to you know vote for Trump. So I'm simply saying I think it's unfair that Bernie supporters get the, you know, uh, rap for this. I understand people assume they're liberals because they're anti-Trump. But, you know, there are some people, at least that one guy that wasn't Bernie or pro Bernie or pro Hillary. He was just anti-Donald. Sure. Yeah. I, I you know, I think that's fair. I just I think. Don't get me wrong. I, I agree with everything you said. I just think that we're treading on potentially dangerous territory uh, if this trend continues. I don't think trying to actually shut down his rallies and trading punches with the, with the Trump supporters and ginning things up in that regard as he moves across the country in, into bigger cities, I think that's a very dangerous precedent to get into because then, I, I mean, you've seen Donald Trump already used the Chicago protesters as a catalyst to characterize them exactly how his narrative goes, right? So, I mean, I just, I th- I'm all for protesting Trump. I just think it should be done peaceably, and I, I, I do, I believe that the Trump supporters should be able to have their rallies uh, without, um, with, with, without getting into, you know, violent exchanges with people. And um, I just, I just really, I really would hate to see things continue I, I what i'm saying is i'd really i'd really hate to see what happened in the chicago rally um uh, keep keep spinning in that direction okay thank you i appreciate your call and i hope to hear from you again and i agree with you that people have the right to have a rally but i do believe people have the right to protest and you know i really think that either left or right you know let the let the candidates say what they have to say the people there are there to support them uh you can be peaceful Quite frankly, a good way to stand there and protest and not be thrown out is with signs. You know what I mean? With signs. When people Unless you're a Muslim woman. Yeah, no, exactly. Remember no. she stood there silently with the yeah. burqa and she got thrown out. Yeah, well, you know, there, there, there are lawyers for her too. I mean, if everybody's going to be suing everybody and you know, throwing charges around, right? Uh, let's go to Rod in East Rutherford, New Jersey, listening on, in to, on Tune In on Line 4. Rod, good afternoon. Good afternoon, uh... I've been watching things, and I'm uh, in my uh, mid-60s, so I've seen a lot happen in the last uh, 50 years or so. And uh, basically, uh, you know, Donald Trump is uh, nothing new. We've seen him before, uh, and his name was uh, Adolf Hitler, Vladimir Lenin, and uh, Maximilian Robespierre. And if you look at every one of these instances, you go back to the French Revolution and the Reign of Terror, and uh, to uh, what happened in Russia uh, before the uh, Bolshevik Revolution and in Germany during the Weimar Republic before the Nazis took over, uh, you'll see pretty much the same thing. You saw no, and I, and I, no, I, I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. This gang, I, I, it's terrible. You know, this morning I was on TV and I said very generally that when you blame a segment, a minority segment of the population for lack of jobs or for the economy. We don't need to just look to Germany. This can go back to practically Adam and Eve, and it has resulted in the demise um, you know, of, of that nation, of that infrastructure. And you know, the person got on me you know, basically like, oh, comparing Donald to Hitler. Now, you just have, and I know people say it's irresponsible, but there is a reality. Prior to Hitler being ger- chancellor of Germany, the Jewish population was less than 1% of the population of Germany. 
Muslims are less than 2% of the population of the United States. And even though Latinos are the fastest growing segment of the population and we have more than 11 million immigrants, we have over 365 million people. You can all do the math, okay? And even, uh, it, what you it, say it, is true. But what I'm saying is to your point, is the the unemployment rate, which was ex- incredibly high in Germany prior to Hitler becoming chancellor, and the uh, you know the, they didn't have jobs with the unemployment rate high. The economy was bad. You know, people felt like they were starving. All you need is one person to say it's their fault, and that a, a person in leadership or running for a position of leadership that commands attention and has a microphone, which was Hitler's position, and. People blame them. Now, do we believe that Donald Trump will put people in camps? Well, he hasn't, you know, he doesn't think FDR did a bad thing with Manzanar. Uh, ID cards, that was done. So I don't think it's that far of a stretch for people to refer to what happened in pre World War II Germany and compare that to what's happening now in 2016 in the United States with Donald Trump's rhetoric. I agree with you. Uh, yes, uh, you know, I, I agree with you quite a bit. Uh, I also want to thank you for having the uh, president of the uh, Steelworkers Union on uh, previously, because a lot of what he said was the truth. And that is, you know, also, uh, basically, the, like I said, ever since Richard Nixon was inaugurated, this country's been on the skids under both uh, the Republicans and the Democrats. And... Uh, We've seen a systematic dismantling of uh, our government and programs that were beneficial and, you know, the interests of the uh, public assaulted. And, we're, you know, the economic chaos we're, chaos we're seeing right now is a result, and it has generated a lot of anger, and a lot of people don't understand, you know, or they, they know what's happening to them, and they're angry, but they don't know why they're angry. Uh, and... Um, Robespierre made a statement. It's, it was ironic. He made this um, prior to the uh, uh, reign of terror. Said that uh, uh, knowledge leads to uh, freedom, ignorance leads to tyranny, and uh, basically, basically, we're seeing the same thing. And you, like I said, you have had people in the past, and I've named those, who have taken this anger and channeled it to their benefit. And uh, basically, they have become despotic, and they have led to disaster for their peoples. All right. Thank you. Uh, very, you know, very good points that you make uh, to our caller, and appreciate your call. Do call us again, Rod. Let's go next to Chauncey. Chauncey is in Chicago. I lived there for four years. Great, great city. On line three, uh, Chauncey is uh, following us on Twitter, wants to get in on the conversation. Now, Chauncey, I love when this happens. You were at the Trump rally in Chicago. Am I correct in that? Yeah, yes, I was, actually. And I have a piece over at Salon.com and also I have a podcast, ChaunceyVega.com, dedicated to my experience there on Friday. So I was there from the beginning. No, can I, Chauncey, Chauncey, one or two. Chauncey, before, to- before you continue, I want people to understand why did you go to the rally? Are you a Trump supporter or were you oh. there to protest against Trump? I was there out of curiosity. As I said, I'm a freelance writer, and I care about the common good, and I wanted to see what was going to happen. So I had a chance to get a press pass. I uh, deferred using it because I wanted to actually be there to actually see what was happening, and it was quite a show. Okay, tell us about what you saw firsthand because you weren't there to support or protest but to observe. What did you observe? Well, while I was waiting in line, again, it felt like a political circus. You had a lot of energy back and forth, but as I've said before um, on other interviews, 
for a lot of the Trump supporters, they were from the suburbs, they're from the surrounding uh, locales and states, and the way they were looking, the anxiety, I think they honestly do believe they're the silent majority. And when they were in line and they saw all the protesters, I think they realized they weren't in Kansas anymore, to borrow from the Wizard of Oz. Um, there was a lot of sort of hostile speech from them. I heard, you know, the people behind me, uh, both inside the event and outside, were being very, very hostile, using racial invective as well uh, to describe the protesters. And then when I was inside watching all the energy back and forth, I think there's a common misconception from the mainstream media and certainly Donald Trump's lies that all of the fights that I saw, and I think they were exaggerated in terms of calling them fights, they were all initiated with, I think, with the exception of one that was like mutual combat, they were all uh, begun by Donald Trump people. The Donald Trump voters are very, very, very aggressive and very, very violent. Are, are they, do you think, looking for something? Um, what would happen is, literally, Donald Trump's spokespeople will get on the loudspeaker, and they'll say, if you see a protester, yell, Trump, 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 USA, USA, but don't touch them, which is really just doublespeak. They want them to do something. And the protesters stand there silently, all the ones that I saw, and then the police swarm on them after, for the most part, because the cops are trying to get in the middle of this, after the Donald Trump people become very, very, very aggressive. I see on your Twitter page a yellow arrow pointing to you. You look like you're sitting down between two uh, Trump supporters uh, behind Donald Trump. You're very close to where Donald Trump is. No, that's not me. That was a screen cap. (laughs) That Uh, was the dog at one of his rallies that his owner forced. Oh, the dog! I see. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no. I was going to. I was going to ask you. um, Looking at Trump rallies, and I'm a white woman. Um, I, I don't see any color. Did you see any diversity there, or was there more diversity because approximately 30% of the people at that rally were there to protest Donald Trump? Many of those protesters, it was a multicultural protest, if you will. Well, absolutely. I mean, and that speaks to sort of the demographic base of the Republican Party, which is, you know, 93% white, I believe, and maybe 78, depending on the numbers. But there was an interesting phenomenon. I wrote about it on my salon piece, and also I talked about it on my podcast, that some of the violence, some of the most enthusiastic people I saw in terms of wanting to fight were black conservative Donald Trump supporters. So it's basically, you know, they're following through on their role as the best black friend for the Republican Party, and they were the ones who were the most belligerent. It, was, it wasn't surprising, but it was troubling. And they were belligerent toward whom? The protesters or were they? And I, and I say that this is what I'm wondering. Okay, I'm just going to put it out there exactly as it is. I'm wondering if people who are black, Hispanic, or Muslim I'll walk into a Trump rally if people give them a hard time. Chauncey, I have no idea what you look like. I don't know if you're a white guy, Hispanic, uh, black, magenta, whatever. Um, and, and I say that because, you know, I, I, I would be uncomfortable being anything but white walking into a Trump rally. Well, yeah, Did I'm you? black, and I was uncomfortable there. Um, but we've actually had some instances of African Americans and Latinos being thrown out of the rallies preemptively. But the ones starting the fights were black conservatives that I saw, and they were fighting – other, they were fighting the protesters. They were going after the Black Lives Matter folk. And I actually saw a near fist fight outside from a uh, black Donald Trump supporter who wanted to beat up two high school students who were Black Lives Matter, Matter folk. Inside, one of the biggest uh, fruckuses was led by a black Trump supporter who wanted to fight the Black Lives Matter folk. So they really are the tip of the spear, quite literally, on this. Okay, Chauncey, we have to take a break. I want to ask you one quick question, though. Um, were you, We see in the media just little snippets i mean you know online did you see mostly violence from the protesters or mostly peaceful protesting and a few people that got into fisticuffs no we have to be careful the the protesters i saw were peaceful the people who were violent were the donald trump supporters and we've seen that repeatedly they're the ones who are going there picking fights and attacking people and being enabled by it uh, by the police and trump security thank you i appreciate that and i wanted johnsey to say that because i've heard that from a number of people online 
um, that that what we're being shown, um, you know, maybe somebody was verbal, but the physical uh, violence came from the Trump supporters, not from the so-called liberal Bernie supporters. We'll be back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Hang on to your your whole position as callers coming to you right after this. Pittsburgh, who is listening on iHeartRadio. Josh, good afternoon. Hey, Leslie. How you doing? Good. Good. Um, so I just got a couple points I wanted to make real fast. Um, so uh, first, the one, one of the guys asked why, why he needs Secret Service protection. Well, the, the law says that basically any, any reasonably viable presidential candidate needs Secret Service protection. Uh, and there's various reasons for that. Um, for example... Well, I, I, and you know what? I don't have a problem with that. But what I do have yeah. a problem, I think, to Paul's point is... We shouldn't have our tax dollars paying to bully people or arrest people um, uh, uh, unnecessarily who are practicing their first or, or you know, uh, exercising their First Amendment right. Well, no one's arrested just for exercising the First Amendment rights. When you rush the stage, you're attempting to assault. You're, you're typically doing that because you're attempting to assault the candidate. And in that particular case, not only should he have been arrested, he should have been held on a serious charge, and he should face a serious sentence. Well, I don't think he should face a serious charge. I think the charge, unless it is the President of the United States, of which Donald Trump is not, and I hope and pray to God that he is not, uh, will not be. Uh, But certainly, I agree with you, and so did our caller uh, prior regarding this individual that rushed the stage, that he could be, um, you know, charged with um, you know, perhaps uh, reckless endangerment, or he could yeah, be charged with well, you know uh, attempted attempted assault, something like that. But I don't think the charge should be any greater than what it would be for anybody that would rush any stage for any individual speaking. Donald Trump is just another human being, despite the fact that he has a lot of people convinced otherwise. Hey, I'm sorry I'm out of time. I'm not cutting you off because you and I may not agree. <laughs> I think we agree somewhat, Josh. I'm out of time. But we'll be back tomorrow, and I hope you will as well, right here on the only true democracy in talk radio. 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Leslie Marshall.